0: Hey there, my friend. It's Trisha Carr. Real quick before we head into this episode, I just want to make sure that you know about Modern Mystic Life, a subscription service for spiritual mentoring and education. The monthly subscription is only $11.11 per month. We have regular support and inspiration delivered with the utmost ease right into your text messenger two to four times per week. You can use your mobile device or your desktop messenger to access the lessons and meditations, a monthly mp3 download of a produced meditation, at least once per month live meditation led by me. There is no account login and we have a monthly live class workshop. These are usually $35 for non-subscribers, so it is quite a deal. And the community. Is amazing. This is a way for you to support the Charmed Life Podcast and also a way for us to be able to work more closely together. So, do check out how you can subscribe in the show notes. I hope to see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Charmed Life Podcast. This podcast is all about magic, metaphysics, mysticism, and the unconditional love of the universe, and I am your host. My name is Trisha Carr. Welcome to this conversation episode with just a phenomenal guest. I am so very excited to bring you this deeply heart-based and expansive conversation with Janine Thompson. Janine Thompson is a transformational coach, speaker, and author whose breadth of knowledge and experience spans multiple disciplines and professional expressions from clinical psychotherapy to global business to advancing spiritual growth. At the core of Janine's diverse career is a passionate dedication to helping individuals live at their highest potential. She shares her journey and how others can reach their full potential in her first book, 911. From your soul. As a highly successful former Fortune 50 executive, Janine led diverse human resource teams across the globe, delivered keynotes to large audiences, and helped navigate the way toward profitability while empowering personal and professional growth. For nearly a decade, Janine led a thriving evidence based psychotherapy practice treating a range of anxiety disorders. She was honored to guide her clients' transformations and heightened levels of well being, joy, and harmony. A Reiki master and former registered yoga teacher, she has a deep reverence for the power of energy and the body's innate wisdom. Janine also holds a Master of Social Work and numerous certifications including Certified High-Performance Coach and Rapid Transformational Therapy Practitioner. Janine was personally mentored by renowned transformational expert Marcy Shimoff and trains yearly with the High Performance Institute, founded by Brandon Bouchard. She is insatiably curious and loves to engage in immersive studies on vast perspectives to advance personal and business mastery. Committed to service and sustainability, Janine has volunteered for decades with hospice clients and their families as they step through life's journeys and transitions. Janine cares deeply about the planet and creating a business that gives back to nature and is thrilled to partner with One Tree Planted. Well, I just wanted to give you all of that upfront about Janine. I had a wonderful time just resonating with her energy. This conversation is is really expanding. And um, of course, if you are new to this podcast, I want to say welcome, and I invite you to leave us a review or share this episode if you uh, find some joy and resonance in it. And of course, um, if you want to check out all of the show notes where you'll find my information, anything that I have coming up, as well as Janine's information, I think you're going to want to do that after you listen to the conversation. So here we go with this conversation with Janine Thompson, and I will chat with you on the other side. Well, Janine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I'm delighted
1: to be with you.
0: I just love your energy. We we uh, accidentally started chatting a little bit before, <laughs> and Yay. we have to hit record so we can get going. Everyone, this is Janine Thompson, and I'm just so excited to learn all about your journey. Um, if you want to let everyone know about your journey and the work that you're doing, and let us get into the light of you.
1: Sounds Great. Well, you know, Trisha, I marvel at the utter intelligence of life. How life moves to us, through mm-hmm. us, and away from us. So, if you would have asked me that question in my twenties, I would have talked about a lot of "I." I've got a plan. I'm going to execute a plan. I'm going to make it happen. And now at fifty-seven, I, I, uh, I just marvel at the divine synchronicities that I simply could not have set up on my own. When I look at my collective um, career path from an evidence-based psychotherapist to a fortune 50 executive, to a spiritual teacher and energy worker, there's no way I would have set that up on my own. And life uh, brought the most amazing you know, earth travelers <laughs> along my pathway that opened up doors and led me to remembering who I am again. Mm. And so, uh, I think this journey is one of co-creation. I think we are incredibly powerful, infinitely powerful. And I think that there is, um, something bigger going on as well that we're influenced by so i marvel at the journey
0: that's amazing that you (laughs) that you you frame it that way i just did a, a live stream before we you know got on our podcast today and before i did any of that this morning Um, I was listening to, I was watching a class in this education that I'm in with HMI college, the second year program, it's a mind body psychology program. And the, uh, instructor was talking about play and how important play is and for the child. And this message about play has been a a part of my, you know, attunement for a while because a child at play is the most creative being. Yeah. You know takes everything as a synchronicity that's perfect oh here's Mr. Rock is gonna marry the Barbie doll or whatever you know yeah. like everything yeah. is is a part of the play and I think we have a I would love to <laughs> if I can get your your perspective on this as a psychologist psychologist not psychiatrist psychologist uh, yep
1: psychotherapist as well okay. yes
0: yes as a therapist. I feel like that's something we are ever mending. As a child, we, we are taken away from play. I mean, we, I think that in, in some educations, we really do try to keep education also playful, but it almost seems like there's a break in that. Play is not as important. As, yeah. I feel like that's a wound that we all receive, but we have if we can step back like you're talking about now, when we embrace life as everything is synchronized, that's a kind of play.
1: Yeah. And it's liberation too, because so many times we stress ourselves out about making the right decision or choosing the right path or controlling or influencing. When I think that life is so intelligent, it simply will move to us, through us, or away from us. But back to play, I think that play is vital. Every day, I think our life and our work and our love should be play. Yeah. And it's magical. And it's infinite. And we, I really think that along the way we get encumbered, you know, the older we get in our school as a child, the less um, playful we become, because there's so many no's or so many yeses, or we're mm-hmm. taught to fit in a box that most of us don't fit in. Anyways, and, and that's, Fantastic. We shouldn't fit into that box. But I'm actually refreshed because when I was in grad school 30 years ago, we weren't talking about play. And so to me, I love that that's now being recognized as it's a core essence of who we are.
0: Yeah. Yes. It's for me, I know that I get bogged down, you know, and, and, you know, some of the, the more difficult core wounds, or the what, what we default to when it's something like shame and guilt, mm-hmm. like those are so painful and hard to uh, hold in your in your body and in your energy. And if I can remember, I'm like, you know, I have to. I'm not a person who gets tattoos, but I should. If you feel shame, <laughs> try to lighten up. If I can lighten up and pivot just a little bit, not. To where I'm not taking something seriously, not that I, I don't deserve for something to be serious or, um, you know, to have credence or, or or dent, you know, I don't know, attention. But if I can figure out how to pivot just a little bit to lighten up, even like in my own self, make a joke if I can, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. About like, oh, really? Is that the reality? Is that what you want to believe? You know, yeah. I, that's just an example. Then, um, I don't know, it it certainly brings more wellness to my body because I wouldn't be holding as much inflammation about the Mm -hmm. stress,
1: I would think, Mm -hmm. you know, absolutely. And also, play invites in a greater curiosity. Mm -hmm. If we stay in the rational human mind, then we get more stuck, I think, in the wounding and in the labels. Uh, but if we dance with our divine nature and get curious, I think that there's a way to get curious with past experiences so that they actually no longer are wounds, Mm -hmm. but rather uh, informants and shapers uh, in the ever progressive journey of unfolding and remembering.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. How does one do that to someone who's listening right now, who's like, but this story that I'm, I'm in today, it, you know, it hurts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm the beauty of the and girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think we're human and divine. I think Mm -hmm. that life is joy and it will also be pain. I think that uh, nature, who is one of my greatest loves, uh, teaches us about the and in the, the tides that come in and out, the sun rises and sets. And I think when you ask, like, how do we do that? Uh, I invite people to dance with the and. Like, go in and meet the pain and um, invite more of it, invite it to get a little louder if you're in a safe space where you can do that and talk with it and get curious and ask what its role is in um who you're becoming mm-hmm. and i think you know most of us are taught to do a spiritual bypass yeah. either either because we're a pain avoidant culture and society Or, I think in some of modern spirituality, it's just like, hey, every day should be bliss, choose joy, bliss, bliss, bliss. And I'm like, that is one perspective. And if that's the perspective that is most resonant with you, you've got to roll with that. But I would offer the beauty of the and, not to bypass it, but not also to live in the pain. Because I think. The pain is there as an informant and as a messenger and a shaper um, to your voice in the world and to what humanity uh, can benefit from your unique experience.
0: I love how you say if we can be curious and even communicate with it, if it's pain, if it's a yeah. story, if it's a situation, if it's a worry If you communicate with it, if you're having a dialogue, whatever that would look like, literally, metaphorically, then you've become empowered in it, at least because you've got a voice in it now where we feel like we don't when we're under it.
1: Right. And in that communication, it's just like when we talk with kids. When we talk with kids about their hurts and their alligator tears and whatever seems so big in the moment, we're tender and we're attentive, but we also aren't consumed by it. And I think that that's the same with our own um, life experience set is that we, we want to be tender with it, but not also um, become it. Because I think historically with some of my folks, they became that wound They lived it out day in and day out rather than recognizing it was a part of their earth gig that deserves um, attention and honor. But it doesn't deserve um, the whole book Mm. and every chapter and every day.
0: Right. The difference between... Mm. You know, acknowledging and allowing something to move and indulging and identifying to something. Yeah. The
1: the over-identification. And I think it's I think it's a fine balance, but if we bring it all the way back to play, what if what if we could play and use our imagination and use our curiosity and use play as a facilitator to optimal? Uh, well-being and optimal joy. I think it's a great facilitator.
0: You say the and is so important and something that, you know, if you're in counseling or therapy or helping, sometimes we we deal with clients or, or ourselves as well with yabbits. We say, you're chasing those yabbits, huh? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but let's try yeah. it. I'm A note to self, I'm saying that to myself. If I hear myself yabbit, yeah, I'm going to try to and. I'm going to stick an and. In yeah,
1: that, <laughs> it's wonderful. You know, it works great for Uh, conflict with our loved ones and or business partners or whoever it might be. Uh, But the and is also, it's freeing. Mm -hmm. It literally allows us to open the door on the cage and free and liberate ourselves. Mm -hmm. And also normalize it because otherwise we can shame ourselves. like, oh my gosh, why didn't I see that? I should have known better. I could have. And I really honestly do believe, and I know it's stated a lot so people can blow by it, but the truth is in any given moment, we really are um, living at our best in that moment based on the configuration of energetic life. You know? So I think if we can be a little kinder and say oh that's right this earth gig it's all about the and so i'm going to be perfectly imperfect here and i'm going to i'm going to love that i'm going to love every bit of my mess
0: <laughs> i love my mess that's good
1: <laughs> yeah Right, because some of us have to do that a lot. We we have thousands of messy moments. I do too, and there would have been a time where I would have beaten the crap out of myself. You know, my inner critic was uh, overworked. (laughs) You know, it took center stage, and oh my, no days off. (laughs) Yeah, no days off, none. And uh, and it's like time out, pumpkin. You don't get you don't get any more airtime right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. and then we get a shift what would what would this look like if if i just led with love and showered myself with a great big dose of compassion right now Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we will be right back intuitive healing arts academy is now live to support you in your spiritual awakening and life purpose with two signature programs, Animal Communication and Multidimensional Mediumship to advance your psychic curiosities and natural talents into intuitive skills. In addition to Animal Communication and Multidimensional Mediumship, we frequently have other spiritual courses and workshops to take you from spiritual awakening to spiritual entrepreneur and all you're seeking in between. Empath Empowerment, Intuitive Development, Energy Healing, Channeling Development, human design for your clients, meditation leadership, and content marketing for your spiritual business. All of these and more. Find out what we're enrolling now by checking the show notes. And thank you for shining your light on our beautiful world. And now back to the show. Would you be interested in sharing some of your origin story, Some of the, some, <laughs> whatever you're comfortable with, like, Wherever you want to start, where you're from, or what sure. uh, some of your earlier life was like that brought you yes, to this.
1: Absolutely. So I grew up in a small farm community, which oh, is wonderful. also, uh, you know, kind of central to who to what, who I am. In my family, um, the women were very strong and in charge, and um, I certainly uh, saw that and modeled it myself too. Sometimes to my detriment, um, you know, <laughs> when, I, when I got older. But I would say strong women, uh, faith was central. Mm. Uh, church was a big part of our life, which um, I also came to a different understanding. But those central shapers. But I would say uh, a couple of figures. My grandmother, Marion, truly modeled unconditional love like mm. it was um i still uh praise her <laughs> and and say so much gratitude uh in whatever plane she's in now um because she no matter how beautiful we were being or how human and messy we were being like none of it mattered it was just love so those positive shapers were wonderful. I had two deaths really um, early. I witnessed one of my best friends die at age 15 in front of me. Yeah. And then again at 16 uh, with a coworker. And when I spoke about the intelligence of life, like I looked back in those moments, it was devastating. You know, I was a 15-year-old. I was pretty wild. You know, back in farm country, you partied out in, you know, (laughs) farmlands. And then all of a sudden at 15, I learned I wasn't invisible and life could change, you know, in a blink of an eye. Uh, And then a year later as well with another uh, co-worker who died in a car accident. But those events, uh, I came to um uh, love hospice so mm-hmm. for the last 30 years i've been a hospice volunteer on and off wow. and i love death and dying and transition now how i've understood death the last 30 years has evolved significantly but it was that life experience that seemed like it was insurmountable at 15 that actually became a core shaper that was vital. And also, we were poor growing up. We were kind of the hidden poor. My mom was very bright, the town nurse. But we um, I lived on hand-me-down clothes and, and community support programs. And money was always talked about as something that was hard to come by you had to work your ass off for yeah. and those became limiting beliefs like when I was in my 20s I'm like oh my gosh I'm not gonna rest if I want to create a different lifestyle that means seven days a week and um, so those early shapers I think are uh, both have contributed to my success but I would also say they were things I had to unlearn. Like Mm. my particular view, I don't subscribe to a religion now. I do believe in co-creation and the quantum and a grand artist, but not in a, a disempowering or judgmental way. I had to Um, on Learn, being a peacekeeper and mediator, and all of those roles these very strong women played. So I think that it's fascinating as we look back, because it's all of those shapers that I think become our uh, treasure path to remembrance. Mm. Who am I? Who am I really? How I understand myself to be as a a soul traversing in a wonder suit uh, today versus um, a God in the sky that was out there, up there. uh, The power was outside of me. That was a huge learning, learning how to dance with money Mm -hmm. as um, as a facilitator. And as a, a made-up um, form of currency and exchange, you know those were the things that were incredibly. It, they took me time to really unravel and learn to live with differently. You know.
0: Yeah, dance with money. That that one. That's not easy. <laughs> oh. it, it is. So it's a symbol. It's, it's, not, it's not even a thing. Like it's such a thing in our psyche, but it's, it's a symbol placed on top of energy. But it feels it, so much denser than that.
1: It feels way denser than that. And then we could get into a whole conversation about <laughs> none of it being real, right? Mm-hmm. On the one hand. And then on the other hand, um, I think that that's part of our invitation in this canvas of earth school to, to do the beauty of the and to hold the deeper truth of illusion and energy and learn how to work with the, with the density. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in my best days, I do that well. And on my um, heavy days, <laughs> man... You know, you can get all bogged down by this because it feels so real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is real and. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank illusion. you. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So those are some of the free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the early shapers, I would mm. say that, um, you know, another big one for me was growing up in a religious family. I think the benefits of that or this strong sense of community, like there was such an incredibly strong sense of being there for one another, for having responsibility, not in a oneness point of view that I believe today, but rather in this is just the right thing to do. Whoever Mm -hmm. is struggling, you take care of them. And I think that that is something that I wish actually all people felt that responsibility to, to be there when others are hurting or having the end of life show up in trauma or pain or tragedy. You know? mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I, uh, also was, I had religion. Um, you know, my, the, I, I wasn't really raised in it. My mother had, um, basically was abused through religion in her childhood so she was really afraid of religion took us to church a few times but it it was a trigger for her to be to even think about church or anything like that so i actually went and sought it out myself at 11 years old i i hitched a ride with my friend's parents but you know because i grew up in texas it was the only I think I'm a spiritual seeker. like that's a natural, yes. innate uh, motivation yeah. for me. and that was the paradigm that I understood. And then when I was mm-hmm. a teenager, I also got these little astrology scrolls for one dollar. So it was something else I was a little bit yeah. s- interested in. But um, it was a real experience for me. And so I had I had fear in my life, and I'm sure there was fear in my religion uh, too. but I definitely was a spiritual person experiencing it through religion. And so when I departed from religion, it wasn't it wasn't really that hard for me because I thought, well, I own everything that I have that is a relationship with divine God, Jesus, even the, you know, the Bible and the things I love about the Bible. Uh, the thing that I, I, I didn't know how to replace immediately because I didn't know there was another option for spiritual community or connecting. I, I just left because I couldn't it was a shoe that didn't fit anymore. And um, it didn't match my relationship with divine. So I had to yeah. move out of it. I was, you know, the, the thing that I mourned, I wasn't worried about, you know, oh, you're going to hell because you don't believe this specific way anymore, which I know that is a challenge for people who leave religion. That, didn't, that wasn't a challenge for me. It was that I didn't know how to have that faith-based community
1: yes. out there. I,
0: I didn't know where it was. And I was like, well, that's not working for me anymore. So I'll just keep moving forward, so. That was. It was like it's an and. It's like church is really great, and also there are people there, so it's not so great.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But I love the seeker, like Mm -hmm. that innate part of you just knew, and it was similar for me. Like when I started to question, wait a minute, women can't have a voice. Uh, To me, the level of uh, exclusion and judgment, like I knew, didn't resonate with me. So. That led me to explore all sorts of wisdom traditions and sacred literature. And I think that I love them all and I draw on parts of all of them, but I did, nobody had the corner on the one way because yeah. the truth is, none of us know. Of course not. You know, none of us, right? And that also led me when I was a kid, I had premonitions. I was very mm-hmm. intuitive, but I shut that all down because I couldn't make sense of it in the context of doctors and nurses and social workers and my family and the context of religion. And I think that's in part why I pursued being an evidence-based psychotherapist because it was proven and it was solid. And, you know, um, I'm grateful for that decade. The honor of partnering with um, my mental health clients was just such a a gift. Um, And I still appreciate some clinical information. Um, But as I as I moved through life and life moved to me, I recognized um, only research and only science was lagging and maybe not even always honest, maybe withholding um, and disempowering information at times. So kind of that beauty of the and between soul and science. Mm-hmm. I think that there can be a place for both. I'm glad having children who um, have had kidney disorders. I'm really grateful for acute Western medicine. Yes. And I'm grateful for shamanism and Reiki and you know all sorts of energetic healing. So again, we kind of come back to the and, but it was all of the seeds that I couldn't have orchestrated on my own. And I think for your listeners, it would be super fun for them to sit back and go, "Huh." What were some of those key inflection points or experience sets in my life? And how did they really come into being? Yeah There's always a grander plan shaping and the right person hopping in at the right moment. Uh, there's something else, something bigger going on,
0: and really, spirituality and science, or art and science, or creativity and science—they're not a toggle.
1: No.
0: It, 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 it's and it's very much for the hu- human individual. I see, you know, evidence-based science, as you say, mm-hmm. it has 100% its place. It is a it is a strong and important tool. It is really helping us. Um, to recognize our advancement and to do things in a repeatable way. However, the doctor, the therapist is never without their intuition. You know, that's just the truth.
1: If they allow it, right? Because I happen to work with a lot of doctors and nurses in my practice now. And part of it is, I I think it's similar to me in my 20s. It was always there as a kid. But then I kind of went, ugh. What is this? Am I crazy? Because I couldn't make sense of knowing these things that I shouldn't know in theory, you know? So I think the invitation is, can we um, bring all of ourselves, the known and the yet to be known to the table? And what happens when our peers and colleagues are... uh, committed, independently convicted to a point of view, and they're maybe even rigid and not going to change it? Do we dim our light? Or are we willing to uh, put a point of view out there and plant a seed, uh, hoping that someday it gets planted for bloom?
0: Mm, And it takes so much courage. Oh, just reminding me. Uh, this has been like ro- resonating in my in my own energy as well as in my conversations with clients or students that the word courage it comes from the Latin, which you know in French it's the the word for heart is and that's the word that's mm-hmm. what courage means. It means to be anchored in the heart. Yeah. yeah, to be yourself takes courage. You're whoever you truly are.
1: Yes, yes, it does, and I. I know that well. Like when I really had my own nine one one, and all of my traditional sources of best practices, and going to, you know, gurus and other teachers were no longer providing my answers. I, um, I was drawn inward, and that's when the the portal of silence. Revealed the remembrance that I believe we're all searching for, but that it nine does nine one one mm-hmm. from your soul.
0: Yes, I that's think, your book. I was I was about to ask that about all about yeah. your book. What is the night? Can you share more about what this means? Nine one one for your from your soul, which is the title of your book, but also yeah. your own nine one one. However, you want to frame that.
1: Yeah. So uh, for your listeners first, a nine one one is this persistent yearning or restlessness. Oftentimes, like myself, the details of my life looked really good. I was a Fortune 50 executive from the outside looking in. It's like, wow, you know, she's got a pretty cool life, a great family, cool travel, da-da-da-da-da. And yet I'd wake up at 3.33 every morning. And I kept hearing, there's something more for you and through you. And I, and I tried to gratitude it away. I'm like, if I simply am more grateful, this yearning will, <laughs> distinguish, and it will be extinguished. But it didn't happen that way. So it could be a persistent restlessness and yearning that something's off or missing. It might be um, something about your familiar identity gets tossed upside down. Mm. Our relationship uh, dissolves where you might have experienced a betrayal, might have a health concern or a job concern, but some aspect of our life as we knew it has been stripped away or shaken. Uh, And then there's, you know, other crises. And at the core of a 911 is what used to work for you just doesn't. Your familiar answers no longer work. You don't know what to do, and ultimately, you're drawn inward. You're taken on a path to um, remembering that 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 part of you you've lost sight of, to reconnect with the deepest truths of this amazing and we are this amazing infinite. Um, trove of wisdom and intelligence and and this human who is messy and imperfect and beautiful and um, so that's kind of the core of the book is the longing to meet ourselves and it's organized around seven key spiritual principles that each give you an earth view when I look at my heart, for example, through the earth view, I see a physical pump organ. And, when I, and I know my emotional heart, the heart that oh, for those loves that just are completely delicious and the days of sadness and overwhelm that feel too much. Those are our earth view understandings. But at a soul view level, the mystics and the scholars knew about the spiritual heart. That heart, like if we just think of our body as nesting, stackable Mm -hmm. dolls, we just rest in the sanctuary of the spiritual heart. And any problem your listener wants to solve, uh, their next right action, whatever it is they're dancing with in life um, reveals itself. So throughout each of the seven principles, it's both extraordinary practical, like how do I get through this day when I can't see past the next hour or day or week? And then how do I also uh, ignite and embody this expansive, unlimited uh, essence that I really am?
0: You've said a few times the Earth School, which I I I I love that. What can you expand on that concept? I mean, obviously, if we're in an Earth School, then we're bringing in which we're very mystical and metaphysical here. So you can talk about yeah. any of the you know eternal quality of quantum quality of time or yeah. not time. Yeah.
1: So I, I think uh, we live in Earth School and we live in 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 the the greater field simultaneously. Yeah. But while it appears we're in earth school, people, places, experiences, and events are going to move to us, through us, and away from us. Um, and there are teachers of remembrance. <laughs> and so every time I have a difficult rascal in front of me, you know, somebody that I'm just like, wow, give me grace here. I always get playful, and I say, "I wonder. I wonder what we agreed to. I wonder what we, what the real purpose is here. I wonder what his or her or their or they or them. I wonder what their love note to me is."
0: Ooh, I love
1: that because each. Dance in Earth School is actually a love note. And as we start to put them along our Yellow Brick Road, our treasure map, it'll lead us right back to our remembrance before we dropped into Earth School of um, what we came here to learn and grow through. Mm. So simultaneously, we have this dance in Earth School, this canvas. And then We um, have these other planes, you know, I believe in night travel and, Mm -hmm. and uh, multi-dimensional experiences in past lives. So, you know, all of that comes into earth school, because I think each generation is the healer for the prior generation, right? And Mm -hmm. so it's this complexity, even in earth school, it's like, we have been given such big assignments. We've been given an assignment to remember who we are. We've been given an assignment to learn how to love ourselves, and in Earth school, that's really hard because the culture, the media, um, in all its various shapes and forms, most humans will look for the negative, will point out our insufficiencies, and so. Learning to actually recognize ourselves as love and to love ourselves is ginormous. Learning how to love others, in some ways that's even bigger because it's actually our own reflection.
0: Yes, it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is so confusing because Uh we totally separate it out. And I think that's okay initially. Mm -hmm. But one of my favorite questions every day is how can I fall in love with life? Mm. So when I frolic in the forest (laughs) next to me, I, uh, you know, it's the silliest, tiniest thing. It's the bug who's dancing in front of me. It's the leaf that's got its own spunky personality on the fall from the tree. It's the squirrels playing tag. You know, all of those um, love notes are just a remembrance to choose love each day. Yeah. And to find the love within myself and to be as playful as the wispy leaf falling mm-hmm. from the tree or blowing in the wind. You know?
0: I'm just thinking of, I have four cats and one of them, he's uh, <clears throat> just gorgeous. Oh. almost solid black, but he has a little, he has like about, I don't know, 30 white hairs right there where like a little priest collar. Yes. But <laughs> he has the most joyful feet I've ever seen in life. I,
1: okay, see. <laughs> <laughs> so, running
0: through the house.
1: That's oh, so like amazing. my favorite thing, but look at what you just did. You as awareness, because I think that's all we are is sure. awareness, yeah. uh-huh. but But your ability to be that present, to notice his his divine qualities, even in the coat that he wears, and those precious little feet that bring joy. Oh my gosh. Like, if you live that part of the and and have that delight and awe and wonder, oh. I, I I just think that's brilliant. You just, know, the, yeah, there's
0: nothing that you don't need anything else. I mean, there is yeah. everything else. There is a lot of and, yeah. But yeah, in, in those moments with the the dancing leaf or or Barnabas yeah. is his name or Barnabas's joyful little feet, it's just oh. like I if I came here for for just this, then I, I that makes sense. That <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, I love. I just I love that you're so attuned. Oh, to you as well, yeah. Just to the love notes, like they're all around us. They're so innumerable, so that's why I get excited every day. It's like, oh my goodness, I wonder how love will reveal itself today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and that's what I, you know, if I am experiencing pain or suffering, you know, that as a one of the the things that I I do. I know, and I'm so grateful for being older. I'm so grateful that this path continues (laughs) to the point of, you know, when that too is just such a gift experience because also in, in, in school, they, the teacher was talking about how babies, you know, you don't, there's the changing of states, but babies don't have memory of I felt this way a few minutes ago, and now I feel this way. And so in the moment, babies are so present that uh, the baby just is that if it's crying. You know,
1: I didn't know that. So is it kind of, this may be a bad way to say it, but I'm going to go ahead and say, is it kind of like a dog or an animal where they say, okay, wow, that's fascinating. This is the
0: the beauty of, so humans, babies, children are much more present than adults. Animals are much more present than humans. And so there it's, it's an and, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a blessing in the moments when, and that's the thing. Yes. If you like, for example, my, we kind of joke as a way to, you know, notice the difference between us, but when my cat, when you hear a noise and they like hit the ceiling and it's like, yes, because your life is so threatened. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) You're just yes. like,
0: worshiped and pampered and food is brought yeah. to <laughs> you. Yeah. And you hear just the slightest noise and you, you know, and of course I know because they, they have that primal response and they're just absolutely present with it. But then as soon as the, what seems like the threat is gone, they're just immediately out of it. Where if you yeah. watch ducks, when ducks, are, you see ducks and they, they kind of have an argument and they like yeah. bicker with one another and then they swim away and they just flap and then they're yeah. fine they just yeah. let go of the energy. But yes, babies and uh, babies and animals, uh, yeah, other mammals have that Adult humans. It's a blessing and a curse. So, so oh, with yeah. our experience, you know, we can remember, we can in sort of a metacognitive way counsel ourselves. It's like that now. It's like this it is like this right now, but it will move. And yeah. so in those moments I wonder how love is revealing itself to me in this as well. How life is actually the, if life is moving toward me in this, or if life is moving away from me, as you said, yeah. there's a reason for it. The way you let go of the child's bicycle so that they can actually yeah. propel it themselves. And so, if I can, I try to make that assumption, even if, though I'm not to push away whatever those uh-huh. feelings or experiences are, but to move more deeply into it with, yeah. I guess, courage again.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. I think it's such a fascinating um dilemma <laughs> and invitation to it's like how much time does any one thing really deserve in terms of mm-hmm. our attention yeah i wonder i wonder if you do a brief dance and ask life if there's anything else to be revealed and if nothing shows up in the moment if that isn't just enough mm-hmm. And then we trust that, that the next, because I firmly believe everything that is meant to happen in this life that we are meant to experience, we will, yeah. no matter what the pathway is we, we take. And I think that it, we could free ourselves on a daily basis or I'll speak for myself. If I, the moments I get stuck in influence and control. You know, I want to do this right. I want to get this right. Those are the moments of suffering. And then I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, it didn't turn out anyway, nowhere the way that I thought it was going to. So how quickly can we um, honor and move on?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is the, once again, the blessing and the curse of of our capacity to be present or non-present. Mm-hmm. Well, if we are holding on to pain that is no longer directly immediately present, then that's, you know, well, I mean it just want how much of it, of our time does it deserve? And I guess it, it's it's asking for the exact amount of time as our awareness, you know, for it to be able to digest it and move it out because it's interesting if we avoid something or if something bubbles up and we don't we try to avoid it, it lasts longer than if you just feel For all of sure. your feelings, feel all your right. feelings if they will actually move. Mm-hmm.
1: They do. And I, I agree with you. I, I don't think we want spiritual bypass where we just of say, nope, you, you got none of this. But you know, some of beyond nature, some of my greatest wisdom teachers have been my hospice clients. Mm, yeah. And I marvel at their ability to simultaneously actually be in tremendous pain and yet they many of uh, my clients they don't talk about that pain i mean you can literally see it i can feel it Mm -hmm. energetically they actually just kind of say yes yes it's there and i remember And then they go and they talk about those moments in life that were so treasured, so dear. Or they talk about a moment that they want to create so they can transition with peace. So I think that they've got this interesting, there's not a denial of even excruciating pain, and yet somehow they have a lived experience so beyond that, all in the same container, and it's not a bypass.
0: No, right, absolutely, and and the the capacity to have memories and to recall experiences, and and when we touch those memories in this moment, they actually are being created right now. However, yeah. it is that we uh, oh. the awareness holds them, and that's beautiful too. It's
1: interesting, right? Mm-hmm. It's it well, it's actually it's miraculous.
0: It is, yeah,
1: right. So look at, I mean for your listeners holy wow the capacity when they leave this call to sit down and go how do i activate that that ability of the and of mm-hmm. who i am every day and i think it's i think it's incredibly exciting
0: it is it is yeah. really beautiful <sighs> This has been such a wonderful conversation. I could just, um, I could just relish it for hours. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> really yeah, really delicious, really delicious. I would love to know um, how uh, people can work with you or connect with you. What kind of what kind of work are you doing that people can partake of? Your book yeah. and all of that. Yes.
1: Yep. So you can find my book at the usual places: Amazon, Barnes and Noble, small. Uh, Bookstores in your community, nine one one from your soul. Uh, I would love to hear from you. So, is there something that struck you today? I would love to hear your perspective. Reach out to me on my website in the contact area, um, and I promise you, like I'll engage. I I love that. Uh, I have uh, immersive coaching experiences. Mm-hmm. I have three packs, and also. Uh, six months or longer, where it's all about that and it's Mm -hmm. soul and science, human and divine, uh, grounded and expansive, uh, to help you uh, live all you came here to be. I also do a lot of speaking gigs or historically have done a lot of speaking that's been a little lighter in the last couple of years. Um, But Lots of ways to work with me. And I just, I would love to connect. I am on fire about returning to love, returning to the awareness of however I use soul a lot. Maybe it's IntelliKey for you, right? Mm -hmm. It's the IntelliKey of a caterpillar to become a butterfly. It's the IntelliKey of an acorn seed to become an oak tree. Nature never gets confused, ever. <laughs> yeah. and, ne- and the truth is, neither do you. Mm. And so let's step into our natural knowingness um, for yourself, for those you love, and right now for all of humanity.
0: Yes. And in the language of what was my religion, but now is my spirituality. I say
1: amen. <laughs> amen. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Love. That it. was one of the things when I left religion. I said, I, I own my prayer. I yeah. own the love that I have in my heart for God, and I take it with me. And so I continued to pray in the same language that I prayed in before because it 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 elicited that relationship for me. So uh,
1: that's you know, my amen. <laughs> I well, and I love that because. Our body, as energy, like literally, river of currents, recognizes whether it's light language, sacred text, not that which has been tweaked with, but you know that resonance. And if that speaks to you, man, you're only just going to shine brighter and truly uplift everyone in your circle. So I love your. Knowingness of that resonance. Hmm.
0: Yes, resonance is everything. Resonance is two different frequencies coming together to become a third, even more expanded frequency. And uh, that's what we're all about here. That's just what we're doing, isn't it? It's the gig. That's the Earth School gig. (laughs) Yeah, that's the Earth
1: School gig. And thank you for this platform. I'm really just honored to be a guest on your show. I just. I, you know, I really just, I love your energy. I love your expansive perspectives and how you've created this space of growth and expanded perspectives and love um, for people as a mirror um, and as a friend to lock Mm -hmm. arms with, to help them uh, be all they came here to be.
0: You, bless me that is just so generous thank you thank you for all of your beautiful words and thank you for shining your light on this podcast and on our beautiful world janine this has just been amazing i appreciate you
1: thank you so much much love
0: Well, that was just so incredible. I'm just still glowing from that time that I had with Janine. And I love that she made the generous invitation for you to reach out to her and uh, let her know how you felt about anything in this conversation today. And in keeping with that, I also want to remind you that I have now instituted a way for you to be able to connect directly about the podcast. If you check the show notes, you'll find a Google form where you can submit questions, comments, anything that you or maybe a request for a subject or someone that you would hope could be on the podcast. And um, also instituting a voicemail where you can leave a voicemail with with me, which we will uh, share on the show. And so I hope you I just loved I have to go take a walk in nature now with all of that amazing um, that that love song and that love note that we received from Janine about this life and about nature. Of course, you know, if, if you're new, then maybe you don't know yet, but uh, my, I'm all about how we are healed and uplifted and the intelligence of nature animals and you know nature and spirit is is the it's what of what we are composed. So I just loved this conversation and I just love you. Thank you so much for being here on this podcast. A reminder again, if you would leave a review that would just be such a blessing helps me to be in, to increase the light quotient of this podcast. It's a form of us resonating with one another. You just scroll down in your podcast app. And you'll be able to see a way that you could leave some stars, leave a little bit of a comment, and also check out the website, check out the offerings, all the different things that I have coming up. I would love to work with you and more closely. And um, that's what we have for you in this episode. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are.